0: Welcome to Rethink, the Financial Advisor Podcast. My name is Adam Holt,
1: And this is Derek Notman. We are your hosts, both veteran advisors and fintech CEOs who challenge the status quo, question everything, and have fun doing it.
0: Hear honest commentary on the challenges facing advisors
1: today. And be part of a community where we can all rethink the profession. Now on to our episode. So I've got a question for you. What does fiduciary really mean? I,
0: I, I don't know. I, I'm, well, I think I know, but I know that a lot of advisors are talking about it or wondering about what it means for them. And clearly there's been this movement of late, probably motivated a lot by regul- regulation, right? Best interest, mm-hmm. DOL coming back. Fiduciary is uh, top of mind what's what's on your mind about fiduciary
1: well it almost feels like it's it's a two things like you've got this legal regulatory let's not call it a cloud because I think there's a lot of good that can come from this but there's this there's this environment there, but then we've also got this like mindset of what a fiduciary is and how we define that as advisors in our daily practices hmm. um, i it's super important it's top of mind that clients prospects are searching for more and more and more. So we know it's not just on the advisor's minds, but it's on the consumer's minds. But I think, well, why don't we ask somebody else?
0: You know who would be great to ask? The who? father of life planning would understand this best. Do you know George Kinder?
1: Uh, yeah, he is legend, right? You know, he's, well, yeah, he's just super awesome. And I think he'd be perfect to talk to about this.
0: Well, it it is true. You guys already know this. We we got a chance to talk to George Kinder from his house in Hawaii, where he's built a lifestyle and uh, and as the as what's considered effectively the father of life planning. Right, taking financial planning and thinking the next step. Right, how do you how do you actually help clients achieve their life streams, their freedoms? He's he's very well known, literally around the world, uh, for his work at the Kinder Institute and we got the opportunity to talk to George Kinder, um, who, if you don't know him, he's a he's a thought leader. He's an author. He's written a bazillion books. I don't know how many actual books he's written, but enough more than me and you, right? Yes, combined uh, <laughs> teaches mindfulness before it was cool. Um, you know. I, One of the things that I picked up in our conversation, which we're going to share with everybody here, because it's really cool to spend some intimate time with a, with a a thought leader of this magnitude, um, because it was, you start to see and hear something really different. So I I want everybody to listen to what George has to say here. We had to actually compress this because we got so many nuggets from him that we were, we, we basically got this to about 15 minutes. So we're going to share some of the conversation that we had. But one thing I I picked up, I don't know if you heard it, Derek, is that it's really, it's really clear to me. If you've ever experienced one of George's books or how he's talks, you can tell he's really thinking at a deeper level, right? He's actively listening and he's helping his audience get to the place that they need to almost like he knows where they're going, right? Like he knows what the plan is, but he, he almost brings you along. I don't want to say like my grandfather, but he kind of like knows the end of the story, but he lets you have your own journey. And the fact that he's actually been able to do this for clients really helps the clients own their problems and then own their solutions. And he's advocating and facilitating it because he does what he asks great questions. I think you're going to, you're going to experience this to a degree. uh, And if you've done any of his reading, you're going to, you're going to find that out. So I'm looking forward to
1: it. It's a real treat. Let's, let's jump in and hear what this gentleman has to
0: say. Well, we started out by asking him, you know, what are you working on these days? Here's what, here's what George had to say.
2: So I've got, like five books coming out that are a mix intermingling of poetry and photography that are tell stories and they're dynamic. We're putting them online, we're doing subscription basis for them. They're my they're kind of my life plan. So from that standpoint, I'm doing that. But I'm also writing, I'm finishing up a couple of books on um, freedom. Because really ultimately, money and what we stand for of life planning is all about freedom. So I'm completing a couple of books, just kind of simplifying that understanding for people. What does freedom mean? How do you get there?
0: Yeah. That's amazing. That's really amazing. So, you know, most of us know you and your career as having touched thousands of lives, advisors, and of course, the clients that they help every day, talking about life planning, financial planning, and of course, wellness at a whole new level. So, you know, give us an idea of what's your unique perspective of the financial advice market now.
2: Well, I mean, I, I was told coming in here when I talk to you guys to be controversial, so I'm going to be controversial <laughs> with it and, and, just, and just simply say that, uh, that the advice market should be and is not fiduciary all the way across and much broader than how we thought about it when we're talking about what should happen to the Department of Labor and all this kind of stuff. It should clients come first. And that should be a no-brainer, and absolutely the client should know, I can trust this guy or this lady, I can trust this person because I know they place me first. So the financial advice industry has to move in that direction if we want to earn the trust of the people. And then the second thing I would say that I'll come back to at the end here is in a much larger context of fiduciary, that the industry itself should be fiduciary for all of our values. And, uh, and we're not, we need to move in that direction. I think we are, but we need to move in that direction. That's great. But so, so that's great. So take
0: it further for us though. So what does that mean? Yeah. You know, what is a, a, paint us a picture of what that means for the existing financial advisor community. How will we know when our, when our advisors are actually looking out for the best interests of our customers?
2: The, well, you know, the metrics will be the clients will leave you uh and oh. uh and that'll be s- significant all the way across across the board. The second second metric that's even more significant is they'll be referring people after the very first meeting. So you'll and third third they'll bring in all their money. If they're bringing in just some of their money, they're going to bring it all in because they trust you. So when you place the client's interests first, they know it. They'll know that in the first meeting. Because you're shifting from an orientation of, uh, you know, I'm going to give you financial advice. And I'm going to advise about this product and this, this way of doing things and this budget over here. And, you know, uh, how's you, what are you looking for in retirement? No, you place them first. Why are you here? And then you pause. And if they start talking about assets, you go, no, 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 no. If we work for a long time together, what do you want? What do you want to have happen? And so the meeting becomes their meeting. And if you do it well, if you're connected emotionally, like with empathic listening, with emotional intelligence, and you're connected around the slightest hint of aspiration on their side, you go, wow, that would be so cool. When you are connected with the client, they're going to start just unraveling and sharing everything. I had a principle that in the first hour and a half, my my first meetings were two hours, typically, first hour and a half, I don't talk. It's 90% the client and then how do you get them to bring that out. So and then the other thing is, you know it because you're delivering the client into their dream of freedom. And you're doing it in very short order. Like you're giving them such a rich taste of it, that they know it within a year to three years, often they know it at the end of the first meeting or two, you you've nailed something to them and they are so excited, but it's a, excitement about them, not about you.
0: So that was really interesting. I mean, he drops so many nuggets, Derek dream of freedom, yeah. right? Oh.
1: Life plan. What did you, what, what did, what grabbed you there? All of it. You know, I recommend that you go back and listen to that again, because it's just brilliant. And, and what, our, our listeners can't see is that as, as we had this conversation with, with George, he was so just, you could see how happy he was in having the conversation and just saying these things. He is so passionate about this and he clearly lives it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, it's, it's, it's all about like listening and advice and truly tapping into his, your, your, client's actual drivers. Sure. We want to make money. Like what's my rate of return going to be this quarter, blah, blah, blah. That's great. Go so much deeper is what he's saying, and then listen, like what is your life plan? like how are you gonna be free? What is that to you um and some of the stuff can feel touchy feely, but man, like this is what it's all about. this is what our jobs are is to help people figure this stuff out boy i
0: I agree with you
1: too right I mean he talks about trust,
0: he talks about uh his own life plan right his life plan his vision of his aspiration of what he wants to do in his life is to do art. Poetry, painting, photography, and it's really kind of interesting. He's really living what he's teaching, and, and been an advisor for some fifty years. You know, so you know, not when it was cool to be empathetic, right? I, what, what's really funny, I think, to me about this is that we we tend to we get asked so many times about, well, what kind of tools should you use in the financial planning, and what, what kind of tech. And what do you use the the cash flow burn down, or do you use the budgeting tools? Do you like the Monaco? So tactical like so tactical. Like what? <laughs> like, Hello, no. Why? Well, I think there is a there's a growing voice about this. It's funny because some of uh, you know I was listening to Kitsis and Carl recently, their podcast, and how you know they were talking about life planning, and you start you start to hear a lot of people advisors are specifically focusing on how they're going to differentiate going forward. In the kind of coaching world of being more of a holistic advocate, if you will, um, so I really think what he's what he's talking about this this kind of idea dream of freedom really focus on can we spend our first meeting not just doing fact finding and analysis but can we do aspirational can we talk about put yourself in your shoes when you are in this future state of desire whether it's retirement or early retirement or what is it what would real meaning be to you right? Can you can you uncover that from the
1: client? Because if we understand their why, the tactics oh, we'll figure yeah. out, right? Everything else is going to be fine. Honestly, most clients aren't going to care so much about the tactics. They want to know that you you know their why, and you're helping them get it. Yeah, let's hear more from George. This ties into like our whole leading with advice thing that Adam and I have been talking with for a while, and how you're you're spot on. Like there's this touchy feely side to the relationships we have with our clients. And all too often, it's the commission, it's the product that just totally marginalizes the human being, and it's totally backwards. All the other stuff will happen if you just treat them like a human being and listen, right? So I love hearing you say that, it it resonates a whole bunch.
2: No, I I mean, you become somebody incredibly special for the client, Yeah, it's, it's not about the products, it's not about the spreadsheets, it's not about your tax strategies. It's because you have really connected with them around who they really want to be, and you're on their side around it.
0: You know, that's true. I mean, look, he's reiterating effectively what we've said uh, and what, you know, what we've said for years, I guess, individually, and now we'll be talking about on the podcast. But we wanted to ask him, you know, what is the missing opportunity that advisors are not capturing from this, this kind of big picture?
2: I, I think it's, it's mostly, you know, it's around all of this, and it's really about relationship. The, the, I mean, and it's, it's so obvious. It's been there all along and we've known it in some way, but uh, we don't see it. And we think relationship is playing a golf game, taking them to our favorite restaurant. You know, you know. one of the things clients used to say to me at the end of a, my first meeting with them, they'd say, George, this was one of the best conversations I've ever had. End of the first meeting. And I'm going, you know, there's a You know, a grin on, you know, I'm trying to stifle this grin on my face because I know it wasn't a conversation. I just listened. And where they said something they were excited about, I went, wow. And when they said something they were really concerned about, oh, no, oh, oh, you know, I just shared with them. I stayed toe to toe with their emotional life, letting them know that I care and that I was there for them. So it's the relationship piece. Trust has been the big issue yep. forever in financial services. You don't build trust by actually delivering a portfolio. That, that's secondary.
1: Or completing you know, a fact finder. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Putting it all in the fact you know, putting <laughs> holes in the fact finder. you know, it's a relationship, stupid. You know, it's it, <laughs> oh, that's great. So, so it's, uh, but and uh, and that relationship is both listening, and then the second meeting, we do something where we really inspire the client, where we move them into. We've caught those hints of inspiration. We give them questions to wrestle with. They come in, and we go. We we filter through to what is the deepest and most exciting thing they could possibly be doing with their life and then we go let's do it let's make it happen
0: it's yeah. great i hear trust i hear meaning i hear purpose
2: yeah
0: i hear listening
2: you listening
0: oh um huge, huge. well yeah i mean and these things we find we, we we claim to be so basic at right but it's true i don't i don't know that uh of course here we are on a podcast bantering about us doing all this talking, but I think that's really important. And so so I'm curious, you know, with all the work that you've been doing in helping lift advisors, helping them become more empathetic, what are some clear action steps that advisors can take to further that experience for customers today?
2: Well, I I think you nailed it a, a moment ago when you said listening. Were we ever taught listening skills? No, it's not <laughs> You know, and, and you know, you guys talk about financial advice. Well, where's the listening? You know, I mean, because because that kind of implies that we're kind of laying it on the person in some way, it, listening skills would be the, the first thing I'd say, Adam, I'd, I'd say, um, you can get them in a number of different ways. Uh, we love what we offer. And I'll, I'll share that in a moment. But the, you know, you can get listening skills by taking a course in counseling. Uh, you know, we, we, I, I'm not I don't believe in therapy. I, I mean, therapy is good for people, but I don't mean, I don't believe in it as a financial advisor. I believe in listening, and then delivering people into their dream of freedom. But that listening skill echoes what a great therapist will do. They just listen to you, and they're empathic. And uh, so listening skills, we now do them in the industry, we, we our field, as you know, is called life planning, we have a designation called registered life planner. And we teach listening, listening skills, as a way of developing how do you how do you become a, a life planner. And we teach something that we call the pause, where we give space. And at first, it feels a little uncomfortable, but you, you know, you just learn it. it you can do it. And, uh, so it's, we teach emotional intelligence and listening skills, and that would be the first thing. And then the second thing I would say, uh, I mean, life planning is a good thing to learn. I, and and so th- those would be the things I'd probably emphasize more than anything.
1: I love that. I I wish more of the large financial institutions would add that to their training programs. It's not just like, hey, here's how this product works. Here's how you cold call. Here's a script. Uh, what happened to listening, right? What happened to that whole human element that's kind of
2: important? Your reward becomes more and more from seeing your clients deliver into their life something really extraordinary, something special, make something out of their life that's amazing. And you realize, my listening helped make that happen.
1: That feels better than any compensation. Absolutely. You know, as a quick example, I had a client come to happy tears just last week. You know, because you know, for the work that we did, and like almost giving her permission, like, "Hey, it's okay. You, yeah. We planned for this. Don't go do it." You know, and it's just that is worth more than anything else. So that's that's it right there. That's the essence.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's true. I'm by the way, I'm I'm purposely listening. <laughs> just to make sure that I don't because I have a habit of talking too much. So I'm okay. practicing what I'm learning from you right now. Just, you know,
2: you, you know, uh, one of the one of the things about that, Adam, you know, is that we're all and, and I could see you guys, I mean, you're very engaged, you're very engaging. And, and the best of us, I think are, but we can hold our fire. There's going to be plenty of time for us to be engaging. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it it, it it they've come to us for a reason. Uh so we can hold our fire and allow them to feel ownership.
0: Um, it does take a sense of confidence though to 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 choose not to always fill the space mm-hmm. with look how much knowledge I have that I am worthy of providing yeah. and getting paid for. <laughs> right. I think that there's an interesting challenge for most financial advisors, which is we believe that we're selling continuously selling not only our products and services, but the fact that we're worthy of being the potential to drive this car with you or to guide you at least on where to go, right? Because, uh, because there's plenty of competition these days, right? Direct to consumer, robo, uh, you know, 15 other people that have cold called you um, that would r- rather you know, manage your funds for a, a fraction of the cost, right? So there's all kinds of different competitions today. So I think fi- advisors generally tend to have, if they're talking too much and not listening, they're... they're Not necessarily, they're trying to deliver uh, on value that wasn't asked for, right? When really what customers want to know is they are heard. You need confirmation that you actually listened, not just that you listened, but I would even argue that you actually have to prove that you heard them (laughs) Uh, and then give it back in a concise and, and consumable way.
2: Absolutely. And that's part of the training and in, in good, great listening skills. And what you're saying is, you, you know, you have a person who's a marquee right here, sharing all their skills and their talents and their degrees and all this stuff, and what they've accomplished and their products and all. And you have someone over here, who just listens in that first meeting. And really, and, and connects with you and goes, wow. And wouldn't that be wonderful? Let's make that part of the plan. That's all they say. Mm. Which one are you going to choose? You know, you've already looked at their websites. You know, they're equivalent. Yeah. which way you choose?
1: What do you think about that, Derek? Oh, man, I'm just speechless. <laughs> I love all of it. It, it. it resonates so much with how I run my practice. And I just, you know, you said something that, I, that resonated with me just there, too, is that listing obviously is a big piece that we're, we're, we're hearing over and over and over again. And not having to fill those dead spaces right mm-hmm. and i think part of that also means we have to be humble like it's it's not all about us we're there to help somebody else and we can only help if we listen and we're quiet uh, yeah man I, I don't need to be the dead horse i just it it's good stuff and it i just if you do this as an advisor man you are going to not only find the success that you're looking for but you're going to you're going to be happy and fulfilled you know where i see this tactically getting
0: uh, totally abused on these web meetings, right these zoom go to meetings where somebody feels like there always has to be some noise coming out of the microphone, like a- an advisor typically is in charge of the meeting it 's their meeting they 're running the screen. the clients may be less sophisticated on the on the virtual. And so it's almost incumbent to run the meeting like a boss, right? Like run it, run it, run it. <laughs> and, then, and then, but where, where's the, where's the opportunity to share, especially in this new venue for a lot of advisors, right? We've been doing it for so long. I think we know how to do it. I've been really practicing since I heard this from George, the pause to make opportunities for people to break in. Otherwise, just like a podcast, I'm just go, go, go. Here's all this information. And I got to bring from a fire hose. A 45 minute yeah. Meeting. Yeah. Like, Because, you know, I'm going back to back and I got another meeting coming up and I got to get it all in, which means prepare for, you know, one and a half X time. Like we're, we're moving. I've been trying to put these pauses in every three minutes now where I just stop. Like, what did you just lose internet? No, I'm I'm making space so that you can actually say something, but we're going to run over you.
1: And I think that's a skill that we can all pay attention to. 100%. Because if you keep talking, they can't keep up with the processing right? You got to stop. Let them actually hear what you said and vice versa.
0: Or maybe redirect us, right? Say, maybe I'm on the wrong path completely. I really want to talk about this, Adam. We're running out of time. And if I don't leave space, they're, they're not going to get their needs met. And I won't ever know, right? Because you can't all- read the body language in the same way, right? Super important. So we asked George, We said, is there, is there anything else the community needs to be aware of? I mean, you've got such a fantastic perspective, really just blows away. You got to hear what he said. This was really, this is amazing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I have a uh, one of my books is about that's going to be coming out is about freedom. And, uh, and that freedom that, that the notion there, it has three, three elements, it's called the three domains of freedom. And one of them, one of those domains is each moment is yours. The second domain is each is that your life is yours. And that's where life planning comes in. And the third domain is that civilization is yours. And we, we are in an incredible place in the financial industry we have a power that we've not owned and uh i think the financial industry uh has the potential if we stand up and say fiduciary is what we ought to be to transform the planet would we would there be a huge contingent of mankind right now humanity right now worried about global warming if the banks didn't lend to people that did that endangered the, endangered the the planet or whatever, would, oh. so, so, so here's my, here's my thing. I think that there's a simple legislative statement, one sentence that I'm proposing that I think would very quickly end war and planet danger and threats to democracy and racism and bigotry and false news and propaganda. One simple sentence legislated. And it has to do with a fiduciary standard applied by institutions all across the board. Should I should I read it or do you want to see it? Read it. <laughs> it.
1: Yeah, I'll read it. You're going to have to maybe send that to us. Yeah, we'll have sure. that. That's brilliant. Okay.
2: Yeah. So it, it reads like this, and there'd be controversy around this, but you guys You guys thrive on controversy. Oh yeah. so You'd love it. So a fiduciary standard of obligation is required for all institutions, corporate. Nonprofit and governmental to place the interests of all stakeholders of humanity, democracy, and the living planet that sustains us first above their own self interest. So it's just basically, you know, putting human decency and putting our values of democracy, each other, and the planet into the contract that we get these tax privileges and these special benefits of being corporate or partnership or nonprofit or whatever. Well, we hope there ought to be some expectation that, that society automatically is going to benefit from that as well. Just a basic humane standard. Uh, that's what I propose. And it's fiduciary. And we are the, we're the profession that understands what fiduciary is. We've debated it. There's a lot of controversy around it. I think it's time for civilization to have it. And I think without it, um, as the Scientific American came out with their study i don 't know if you saw this this uh, this last week Scientific American came out with a with a big piece saying there 's a very good chance humanity will go extinct this century, and they list all the reasons uh, from a scientific standpoint so anyway that's that 's wow. my bold wild uh you know humongous thing for you.
1: Well, drop the mic on that one. (laughs) What else do we talk about a mind bender? I mean, what else do you say? Like, whoa.
0: Yeah, boy. Fiduciary is a humane standard. Forget just, you know, doing right by your clients. Are we doing right by each other, by the species? Right. Interesting.
1: It's very interesting. And I think, in theory, it's personally, I like it. Um, I don't know if uh, some governmental bodies or corporate are going to embrace. Uh, they're making good money on that. <laughs> <you> know, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know what? It doesn't mean we can't strive for it. Right. It
0: is true. I, I really applaud George on this one. And I, I appreciated his willingness to be bold and to share and to push also the limits. I think of what some people are, you know, they're, they're not willing to go there, but I love that he did it right. Because yeah. Yeah. it's a fantastic, you know for somebody who's contributed so much to not only the industry but to the planet and also as an artist who's who's still contributing and communicating in his way according to his life plan you know it's a fantastic legacy to keep building upon so George thank you so much for being with us uh, and spending the time out of your crazy schedule uh and of course your life plan to to contribute back to our community we we really appreciate it. let's let's wrap this up Derek we we traditionally know as you know we always come up with what are what are some takeaways um, that we can help our, our listeners say, okay,
1: bundle that down. What, what did you take away from this? A couple, you know, there's so much here. I mean, there's a ton here. I, this is one you want to listen to a couple of times, but a couple of things come to mind right away. One is as part of your process with your clients, or maybe as the leading process with your clients, is to ask qualitative questions, you know, the who, what, why things. What's driving your clients? What is the deeper meaning behind everything they're doing? As George said, it's like the first hour and a half of two hours, he just listens and really probes to find out what is driving them. Don't just ask date of birth social security number and how much they have in their 401k, please. <laughs> okay. Because those things are not driving. Their social security number does not drive their life plan. It, just, it really doesn't. Fiduciary is a mindset mindset. For sure, and obviously, it's quickly becoming a legal expectation of the consumer. There's just been so much press around it. Um, so, like when you look at yourself and how you are operating as an advisor, are you being a fiduciary in every sense of the word? Uh, whether it's the you know humanity, the humane standard that he's talking about, whatever. But I really think about that, and if you aren't, why? Um, and then you know, I think advisors are really the salt of the earth, and I think it's important that we take pride and pleasure in the work that we do. And when we listen, man, can we have such an amazing positive impact mm. on the people that we're serving? And as, as George even said, it's like those are the people that are going to refer more business to you and give you all their business and talk about a ripple effect of positivity that we can have just by doing great work. Oh, very Adam. Funny. Like, what what did you take away, man? I know there's a ton here, but what's what's yeah. on your mind? Well, I I love what you said there,
0: fiduciaries of mindset. It really is. That's the part that I think we all need to adopt and, and look into for our own selves because it it does come down to daily action. I look. I love the pause. I mentioned it before. I'm really actually trying to implement that in my coaching world uh, for myself. Right? What can I take for this personally? Uh, make pauses, not only in on your podcasts or on your presentations, but also in your other daily meetings that are virtual or otherwise, or even with your family. Make space for people. Um, I, I agree completely. Uh, listening requires that we actually need to learn again how to ask open ended questions, right? We need to let people run on and share and communicate and be listened to. I love what he said about uh, I, I remember a long time ago, I had this, um, I, I thought I had this fantastic conversation with somebody who was so connecting. It was, I felt so, you know, involved in relationship. And I realized I didn't actually, I talked the entire time. I talked about myself um, and I felt so connected because I felt like they listened to me, but I learned nothing about them in the same part. So think about that from my wow. own mindset. I was like, oh, what a great conversation. I'm like, I did all the talking. So <laughs> How great it was to it, me, yeah. it was great because I shared all the time. I was well, great, but I realized that I didn't listen. It was a big eye opener for me, uh, maybe an ear opener. To, to recognize that sometimes we need to give people that gift back uh, and listen to them. And then the last thing I thought he said was, was just, I, I can't get out of my head. And, and I want to ask all of you that are listening to actually pretend for a minute. What, what have you actually behaved like a fiduciary in everything you did for an entire week? right? You know, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take an action right now. Am I acting like a fiduciary at the planetary level? or for my family, or for right. my kids? Am I acting in the best interests as if I had personal at-stake risk? That the decisions I make, the actions I take exact, you know, are going to be completely self, uh, selfless. Um, and I, I think it's interesting because when he said fiduciary is a humane standard, I think that's kind of altruistic, right? 100%. And that is, that is really where this I don't know, maybe our species has the opportunity to be really unique on this planet is to also elevate others and help other people. It's the real kind of place where we get meaning. And I know it's touchy-feely and I hope you appreciate it because it's still true. When but we're all 80 years old, <laughs> old and looking back, that's <laughs> right. what we're going to think. We're just accelerating now in our 40s saying, okay, let's actually think like an 80-year-old would and let's actually think about others, not ourselves. So interesting. Anyway, you, take us to our next- your, uh, You're still in your 40s? I am in my 40s, yeah. Oh, okay. In the late 40s, but don't I don't tell look, anybody.
1: I, I don't look like I'm in my... I had a client laugh at me the other day because they had not seen me in like a year and like, my God, you went great. <laughs> it's like, thanks. I'm it's just... Nice, yeah. yeah. Nice yeah, to see you too. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I, I okay. digress. <laughs> it hasn't happened. That's never happened before. Never. Never. I'm <laughs> always super
0: focused and listening and pausing. So the, So our last thing is you guys know, we always take a community question. We got this email from Rachel in California of all places, right? In your... In your backyard. Backyard. Why don't you share what, uh, what she said?
1: Okay. Yes, it's an interesting question. Um, so she says here, okay, you two are always talking about leading with advice. Yes, we are. We talk about that a lot. Uh, but I am struggling with quantifying it as an advisor and community communicating my actual value to clients. What is the value of advice to consumers from advisors given the product commoditization that we have now? What do you think? Yeah, well, I,
0: look, this is a this is a common enough question, I and mean, we know there's a lot of pressures out there, uh, and communicating that is the bigger challenge. So we're going to actually um, our next podcast is going to talk about this, Derek. Um, we had an opportunity to talk to Dan Crosby, uh, who's really just an expert in. Uh, behavioral finance. And he had some great things to say here. So, so I think we'll push this to next time because George did such a great job. I'm kind of blown away. I know. Right. That's yeah. And- <laughs> it's only so much brain bandwidth for all of this. That's yeah. Perfect. So what we'll, we'll, let's, we'll take this on Rachel for our next uh, conference. of course we'll send you a t-shirt or a, a baseball cap. If you want, you can always go to the, the asset map store and check out our, our swag. If you want it, um, pre-order it and walk around with a big shirt that says rethink, <laughs> rethink everything, perhaps. But uh, let's, uh, let's push that to the next time. We'll look forward to hearing what Dan had to say at our next podcast. And my friend, it was a pleasure spending this time interviewing uh, such a hero. So thanks oh, for man. being
1: I, Yeah, thank you. I, yeah, we're, 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 all, like, we're lucky. I mean, it yeah. was a real privilege. So yeah, great seeing you, brother. Awesome conversation. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. We're hoping you're doing well and getting off to a great start for the new year. Absolutely, and make sure you send this podcast to the friends that you know need to hear it. Right, so let's
0: uh, let's all have this yes, conversation. It. There's no reason why we shouldn't do that. Make sure you subscribe, and of course, we'll see you on the next rethink.
1: Adios. Thank you for listening to Rethink, the financial advisor podcast with Holt and Notman. Be sure to subscribe now and join the ongoing conversation. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Asset Map or Connector. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.